This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey, movie addicts. Welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Frank Reddy. Whoa, whoa, whoa there. <laughs> How are you doing, Frank? Pretty good. You know, we haven't had an episode in a while. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. You, you had your, your little hiatus, your little break, while some of us were off in Austin working our asses some off. Some of us interviewed people from the comfort of our own That homes. is true. That is true. You did do some pretty good interviewing. Did I not? You did. Without those not some stellar articles, I don't mean to boast. <laughs> In case you haven't figured it out, we were away covering South by Southwest. Uh, Frank, you did some coverage from home. Chris Baker and I went down to Texas and saw a lot of good films, did a lot of really great interviews. We are still in the process of editing those and writing up reviews of all those films, so be sure to be checking the website regularly uh, or the Facebook page for updates when we when we release all that content. But... Today, we're actually going to have a regularly formatted show, and I'm excited. I am excited, too. This is episode number 18 of Cinema Fix, and it's... Just... 18 times? Yeah. Wow. It's pretty crazy. It is pretty Well, crazy. actually, it's more than that, because we release two episodes each week. It's more like 36. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Patting the bill a little bit. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, and this is the show on Film Geek Creator devoted to discussion of mainstream blockbuster film. If this is your first time listening, all you need to know is that the first part, uh, which is what you're listening to right now, is where we just give our general thoughts on whatever mainstream release we're talking about that week. And the second part is when we dive really in-depth and really analyze what does and doesn't work about the film. So if you've seen the movie we're going to talk about today and you would appreciate a more in-depth conversation... Skip to part two. Yeah. Two part two. Uh, unless you're just like listening to our sexy voices, in which case we're happy to oblige. You're probably going to be skipping to part two. <laughs> uh, before we get started, I also need to point out that we're actually going to be releasing a series of bonus episodes in anticipation of the Avengers this summer. We're building up to the Avengers. Andrew and I will be at the midnight screening. We might take some video because midnight screenings for these types of movies are always a little interesting. Yeah, I'm sure we'll meet some interesting people. When you say video, we mean video the crowd, not video the movie. Oh yes, of course. No, <laughs> we're, we're not going to. We're not. Gonna, we're not doing that. We're taking video of the crowd, like outside the theater. Yeah, we're going to go see the Avengers. But before that, we're going to release a series of, I think, four bonus podcasts about each of the main heroes in the Avengers and their respective films. Yes, to see how it kind of all builds up, to see the bricks of the house, yes. if you will. Yes. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun revisiting some of those old Marvel movies. But let's move on to this week's film. This week, the film we're going to be discussing is The Hunger Games. Frank, why don't you give our listeners a little information about the movie? I would love to. The Hunger Games is based on the popular trilogy of books by author Suzanne Collins. It's directed by Gary Ross, who also wrote the script. And it's produced by Lionsgate. And basically... We want to give them a brief synopsis. I guess we should yeah. give them a brief synopsis. Uh, it it basically takes place in a very brutal world that's been divided up into districts, and every year 
two kids between the ages of what, 12 and 18, mm-hmm. is chosen to participate in this survival contest called the Hunger Games, where they're basically sent out in the wilderness. And not only do they have to survive the elements, they have to survive each other because the only way to to get out of the games is to kill all the other tributes. Was that, was that, it's a very complex story. I feel like off the top of my head, I'm not. That sums it up. Basically, it's a bunch of teenagers in the woods killing each other. That's boiling down to its most essential components. But okay. You're robbing it of all its majesty. Here's a clip. Seneca, why do you think we have a winner? What do you mean? I mean, why do we have a winner? Hope. Hope? Hope. It is the only thing stronger than fear. A little hope is effective. A lot of hope is dangerous. Spark is fine, as long as it's contained. So? So, contain it. Did you like Hunger Games, Andrew? I did not, Frank. I hated the Hunger Games. Really? Strong language. Elaborate, please. Elaborate. Okay. I've Here's the thing. I've read the book, The Hunger Games. I haven't read all, the, all three books in the series, but I've read the first book. And the book, while terribly written, has a lot of very interesting themes and a lot of really cool ideas running through it. That's what we in the business call a backhanded compliment. Yes. Continue. <laughs> Continue. Terribly written, but she got some good stuff. And and it's and it's a very quick read. It's a very fun read. And I, you know, overall, I would say I enjoyed the book. The problem with the film is that it is essentially just a literal adaptation in the sense of we get we have to move from point A to point B. There's really no depth to the material at all. None of the interesting things that are really explored in the book are explored in the film. And I also think that the film is hypocritical and becomes the very thing that the book was critiquing. We'll talk about that more in part two. But essentially, yeah, I think it's soulless, empty, hypocritical, formulaic, Hollywood conveyor belt product. So Andrew's on the fence yeah, about how he feels about I'm, this. I'm still processing it. He's on the fence. You know, I have to, conf- I have to confess, I-, I haven't read the book. This was my first really exposure to the Hunger Games universe. But I can kind of see where you're coming from there. I-, I really did feel throughout the course of the film where there were all these little moments that would have meant something to me had I read the book. And I, I got the feeling, I mean, the-, the film itself moves very, very fast. It doesn't take a lot of time to develop things. It's more, like you said going from point A to point B to point C as expediently as possible. And I think as a result, some of the bigger moments in the film, some of the the bigger relationships didn't carry the weight that I get that I, I got the sense they were supposed to. I mean, like I said, I didn't read the book, but it just it was kind of implied that I was supposed to care more or feel more about some of this stuff than actually felt like the film earned earned the time to develop if that makes any sense. It does. I mean, the the book's a very fast read, but it also takes its time in a weird way. It allows moments to sit. It allows things to happen. I mean, this is... The the Hunger Games tournament takes place over a period of like two or three weeks. 
and you really get the sense in the book that a lot of time is passing. The whole thing about The Hunger Games is that it's supposed to... The Hunger Games is a product of this dystopian future society in which the, the quote-unquote capital is like the oppressive leader that in order to intimidate the other districts after a past rebellion basically snatches up... To, to show how futile it is right. to, right. to right. rebel against. Right, basically yeah. say, we're going to take your children and make them we own you. to the death. Yeah, and that relationship between the capital and the district and that the, the, the idea of the capital as this system, this vague, all-powerful force almost isn't really communicated very well in the film because they are moving so quickly from point A to point B. There, there's, there's not a whole lot of heart running through the film. There's not a whole lot of emotion. And I also feel like the film just isn't that well made, honestly. There was so much shaky cam. I was like, oh my God. Even in like the very, the opening scenes where it's just uh, shots of people in District 12 looking poor and disheveled. It, the camera is not on a tripod. And I was just like, will someone please just hold the camera still and let me look at the world? I want to see this world you've created and get a sense for this time and this place. But director Gary Ross insists on shaking things and doing a lot of quick cutting. I'm pretty sure he breaks the 180-degree rule uh, multiple times, and it's very jarring. Yeah, there's not really a lot of attention placed on establishing some sort of geography, getting to know where you are. And and that's the that's another. I, I mean, I really feel like this movie was made for people who read the books. It's like getting invited to a party that was really meant just for a certain set of people, and you go and you're kind of the outsider. Like that was my experience. Where because they really didn't take the time to set anything up. Like you, they really you kind of just dove right in, and it's like come along with us. And I'm like, well. I really don't understand the rules of this particular universe yet. Right. It's like you, right. you're giving me a little bit like, okay, there was this rebellion. The, the punishment is the Hunger Games. But, but what's with all like the poverty? What's the, the background of the world that these characters are living in outside of the Hunger Games? And I, I thought that would have added something. Yeah, and you know, the movie already clocks in at like two hours and 20 minutes. But even so, I kind of felt like this needs to be longer. I need some time to sit with these characters, to get to know these people, get to know this universe. I really need some time to see how things work if you're going to make me emotionally invested. And, you know, that's just it just doesn't come across in the film. You know, I think Jennifer Lawrence does a pretty good job. Yeah, I think she did great. In the lead role as Katniss. I think uh, uh, Josh, Josh Hutcherson uh, does a pretty good job as PETA. He's an extremely distracting blonde dye job. Yeah, the makeup was kind of weird. really bad. Yeah, but his performance was fine. The thing is, I feel like, with the exception of those two actors, who a lot of people might not know by name, Jennifer Lawrence and Josh Hutcherson, they've surrounded them with a cast of A and B list actors. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks, Stanley Tucci, Woody Harrelson, Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. I mean, they've got a lot of big names, and as a result, I kind of felt like 
this is just, this is an $80 million Hollywood studio product that's just designed to make money. Trying to recreate the success of Harry Potter. Right. It's basically piggybacking off the success of the book and trying to profit off the success of the book without really understanding what it is the book is about and without really trying to explore those ideas. I think, you know, I think there probably was an understanding. I just think that they failed to execute. There's there's hints of really getting at these deeper themes, but I, I don't think they really cracked how to make a movie that successfully moves the plot along in a decent clip, but also gives these ideas air to breathe. Would you recommend that people go see this movie? I don't think so. I okay. think I would say, I think I would say read the book and then maybe if you're curious, get it on DVD or something. But I, I wouldn't suggest going in blind because it was really funny. The theater was obviously packed and there, next to me was like this little boy. He had to be like eight or 10 years old and he was, he, he had read the book and just through the whole movie, he would go, I wonder if Gail's going to come soon. Oh, I know what's about to happen. <laughs> Oh, she's about to get shot. <laughs> and it, it, I it feel like it was like the movie was more for that little boy than I think it was for anything else. And it, you know, the movie's for the kids and the teenagers who have read the movie's the book. for the fans. Yeah. Okay. And so I don't think it succeeds on its own right as a film. I would agree with you. I would encourage people to go read the book because, again, while I said I think it's poorly written, I do think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there especially compared to other young adult novels like, I don't know, Twilight. You know, I feel like there's a lot more to discuss. There's a lot of depth to Twilight. (laughs) So much depth. (laughs) Vampires, werewolves. Well, clearly it's making, clearly it's a commentary about post-9-11 society. Well, clearly the next one looks like it's going to be about hunting. You know what I mean? (laughs) Deer. Yeah. Seeing that teaser before the Hunger Games was... That's why you should go to the Hunger Games. The Twilight teaser alone is worth the $10 price of admission. (laughs) You can just get up and leave after the trailer. (laughs) Yeah, I I would agree. Don't see this film. I don't... Honestly, it's getting great reviews, and I really don't know why. Yeah, I don't understand either. I mean, to me, it was mediocre. It wasn't... I didn't think it was a terrible movie. There were some parts of it that worked for me. But all in all, I don't think it stands on its own as a film. I do think it fails as a movie. I think if I hadn't read the book, I might have been confused at times or ultimately just really not cared about a lot of the characters. You were confused? Yeah, and I didn't care about some of the characters at all. I just think there are some moments that worked where I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of neat survival. Oh, she's going to drop the beehive on them. Like, that kind of stuff. Great. But I I think as a film, it, it kind of fails. Like, I don't know, just in comparison to like Harry Potter, where there I did read the books. So there is, it's not exactly an objective test, but um, Harry Potter worked on its own, I thought. Yeah, I, I didn't finish all the Harry Potter books. And I feel like all the movies in that film franchise do stand on their own. And I yeah. felt like I was fully invested in those characters each time. Exactly. Like those work on their own. So I I mean, I just I think it failed in terms of a book to film adaption. Right. It, it, it really is just out there to make money. And I think the most obvious sign of that is the final shot of the film, which really serves no purpose except to say, uh oh, 
something else is gonna happen. Guess you got going to be a sequel. Yep, gotta come back for for number two, the Hungrier Games. The Hunger. He, he stole that from me. I did. I said that before that we started recording. So if you thought it was funny, that was me. If you didn't, that was all Andrew. <laughs> that was all Andrew. All right. Anything else you want to say about the Hunger Games before we move on to part two? Because I have a lot. To, I have a lot to talk about in part two, but I think I'm, I'm good for it. I'm, we should we should jump into part two okay. then. Because if you have a lot to talk about, I have a lot I want to hear. Okay. So. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for part one of our episode on the Hunger Games here on Cinema Fix. Make sure you're eagerly anticipating our first chapter in our lead up to the Avengers on Iron Man. Yes. That'll wrap it up for part one of our episode on The Hunger Games here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune into part two uh, for a much more in-depth look at the film. And don't forget to tune into our Iron Man bonus episode coming out later this week. Ba-ba-ba. And also, don't forget to tune in next week when we will be discussing Mirror Mirror and The Incredible Hulk. Yes. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. If you like this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us out and help get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate it. That helps cover all of our hosting costs. And uh, if, if enough people donate, who knows? Maybe in the future we'll be able to bring you some special bonus content. Frank, where can people find you online? FJ Reddy at Twitter, quite frankly, television.wordpress.com. And in Syracuse. <laughs> and in Syracuse. <laughs> okay. Where I live and breathe. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at www.thecoolishoveffect.com and on the Film Geek Radio blog at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writer Andrew. If you follow me, be sure to send me a message. Let me know that you're a listener and I will follow you back so we can keep talking about the Hunger Games, and you can tell uh, tell me how wrong that Frank and I are about The Hunger Games. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Frank Redding. And have fun this week getting high on cinema or killing your neighbor in The Hunger Games. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah! And so we're back from outer, from space. outer space. Nude walking here with that sad look upon face. Relax, I should have taken away your key. I should have known that if I didn't, you'd be back to bother me. But I say no more. Walk out the door. You're not welcome anymore. <laughs> I've got all my love to give, and I've got all my life to live. I'll tumble, I'll break down and die, but I'll survive. I'm pretty I'll survive. sure you're, you're missing a piece of I am, I totally am. You do realize I'm going to put that in at the end of the episode, right? Oh, yeah.